it's a helpful thing to be able to have our friends and family and future generations be able to hear and experience. It's not the same as in person, but you still get a sense, a flavor of that. Since the dawn of time, we've shared stories. They remind us of who we were, who we are, and who we wish to be. Through story, our ancestors speak to us, passing on wisdom and truth from the past. And stories prepare us for the future, if only we listen. Welcome to Episode 6 of Listen. My name is Daniel Foytek, and I love a good story. To returning listeners, thanks for coming back to hear more stories. And hello to all the new listeners. This podcast is called Listen, and it's about one of my favorite activities. And if you're here, hopefully one of yours too, listening to great stories. If you know a great storyteller who's working on building their following and who should be featured here, contact me at feedback at ninthstory.com to let me know and let them know. Today's featured teller is Daniel Morden. Daniel is an incredibly talented Welsh storyteller. I had an opportunity to record him at the 2014 National Storytelling Festival. You can find out more about Daniel over at thedevilsviolin.co.uk. You can also find his work on Amazon, and you can find out more about the National Storytelling Festival at storytellingcenter.net forward slash festival. Please support Daniel and the other tellers you hear on this podcast by picking up one of their CDs and attending their live tellings whenever you can. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The story you're about to hear is a Norse tale called Tatterhood. It's a beautiful story. I know you'll enjoy it. Today, Daniel's bringing us a story not from Wales, but from Norway. Now, Daniel has been heralded by the BBC, The Guardian, The Times of London, as one of the UK's greatest storytellers. And storytelling reminds me that this is collaborative art. So I ask you to lean in, listen, and let his stories have their way with your imagination 
Would you please welcome Daniel Morden? Before I begin, we should give thanks for the don'ts. Don't look over your shoulder. Don't taste from that tree. That's a good one. Don't stray from the path. Don't open that box. Without them, there'd be, forget it. Without them. The mistakes, I mean. Like this one. There'd be no stories. They're the grit that makes the pearl. The don'ts are the vital imperfection. When I hear a don't in a story, I think, ah, this one's for me. For us stumbling, bumbling, fumbling humans. Stories are mirrors. They show us ourselves in all our screwed up, tousled glory. What use to us is a perfect hero. He must lose the important letter, drop the egg, pick up the forbidden feather. If he doesn't, he's not of this world. He belongs up there with the gods and the goddesses, the perfect, pristine, sterile, serene gods. Achilles, give thanks for your heel. Without it, you'd have been forgotten long ago. <laughs> and I thank you, Eve. I thank you, Pandora. We should give thanks for all these transgressions because they gave us stories. Proper stories. They took us the long way home through the dark forest over the glass mountain, and when we got back, we had a story to tell. A proper story with doubts and loves and trials and crises. It's the twists that make the pattern beautiful. I'd also like to thank Ed Stivender <laughs> for this wonderful spoon. Once upon a time, there was a perfect palace. Everything was perfect except, except the king had gotten himself killed in some futile war and the queen had no children. She felt their absence more and more. Whenever she saw a mother with a daughter, it was as though a dagger had been thrust into the queen's belly. One night she could stand it no longer. She took off her crown. She took off her fine clothes. She dressed herself instead as a commoner. She crept out of a secret passage of her palace and she made her way into the forest. Once she was good and lost, she sat down on a tree stump and wept. After a while, she felt eyes on her. She looked up and here was a white-haired woman. Why do you cry? I cry because I have no children. 
what I wouldn't give for a beautiful baby girl. Now the white-haired woman was a witch, a good witch, for there are such things. Go home. Get yourself two buckets of water. Wash yourself from head to foot from those buckets. Wring out the flannels back into the buckets. Then pour some water from the first bucket onto one plate. Some water from the second bucket onto another plate and put the plates underneath your bed. Go to sleep. In the morning, when you check the plates, you will see growing from each plate there will be a plant. The first plant will have borne a bright fruit. The second plant will have borne a dark one. Eat the bright fruit. Here it comes. <laughs> Don't eat the dark one. <laughs> so the queen went home. She did as she was bid. She washed herself from head to foot. She wrung out the flannels back into the bucket. She poured from the two buckets onto plates. She slid the plates underneath her bed. She went to sleep. Next morning, she woke up. She was the queen. Nobody had ever said don't to her before. So she ate the other one. Nine months later, she gave birth to a beautiful baby girl with hair like spun gold, eyes as blue as the summer sky. Mama, the queen, she looked down, my beautiful baby girl. And then she went into labor again. And she gave birth to a dark-haired child, a child with wild black hair. Dark skin, dark eyes, eyes as dark as a winter's night. The second child, Mama, get rid of it, get rid of it at once. The queen called the bright child Ella. The other one, everyone called her Tatterhood. Because you see, the queen made her wear a hood to hide her face. Ella, she grew up in a nursery full of sunlight with books and dolls and toys. She had a horse to ride on. People taught her how to say clever things and dance. Tatterhood grew up in the stables with the animals. No one ever taught her anything. Everything she knew, she taught herself. She had no dolls, so instead she played with Ed Stivender's spoon. <laughs> Good old Ed. She had no horse, so instead she rode a goat. Yippee! Time passed and time passed. The two children, they grew up to be young women. Tatterhood was always up to something or other. Climbing trees, exploring in the woods, making dens. She was a never-ending source of frustration and embarrassment to the queen. And the worst part? Ella loved her sister. They were inseparable. One time a perfectly good prince came a-courting. Could they find Ella? They could not. Eventually the queen went out into the woods and there, hanging upside down from a tree like bats, was both of the girls, their skirts dangling over their faces, their legs scratched. Come down! Come down at once! Not you, you're no better than an animal. Ella, do you want to end up looking like her? <laughs> Ella looked at Tatterhood, and Tatterhood grinned a gap-toothed grin. <laughs> Ella said, 
I wouldn't mind. She's lovely. What are you talking about? Don't be ridiculous. One time, Tatterhood was woken in her stables. In the straw, she was woken by a great commotion coming from the palace. And so Tatterhood, she went to search for the source of the sound. She found herself before her mother's bedroom. Her mother was blocking the doorway. What's going on? What's that noise? None of your business. I'll find out one way or the other. It's midnight, said the queen. And at midnight every year when my birthday arrives, so do my sisters. Evil witches, everyone. They come to create chaos in my perfect palace. Tatterhood, servants, fetch me Ed Spivender's spoon. Bring me my goat. She sat on the goat. She said, Mother, I'll see him off. Get out of the way while I'm in there. Mother, don't let anyone else in. In she went. The air was full like, like autumn leaves. The air was full of whirling witches, whooping, cackling. Tatterhood set two with Ed's spoon. Luckily he had two because one got broken in the process. And then there was the butting of the goat. The noise was such a great sound, such a commotion that Ella was woken. And so she made her way down to her mother's bedroom. She said, what's going on in there? It's your stupid sister. She's whacking witches. You let my sister go in there and fight witches alone? She pushed her mother out of the way. She opened the door, poked in her head. The moment she did, one of the witches, as she whirled by, plucked off Ella's head, replaced it with the head of a cow and flew away. The witches were gone. Tatterhood looked at Ella and Ella said, And a great tear rolled from her eye and dropped from her muzzle. Look what you've done to my beautiful baby girl, said the queen. What I did, I told you don't let anyone in, but you did. Where do they live, your sisters? They live in the far north, in the wildlands to the far north. Then I, said Tatterhood, will go there. Give me your ship. Guards, said the queen, prepare my ship. Wake the captain. Prepare the crew. Captain, said Tatterhood. Crew? I don't need a crew. They'd only spoil it with cannons. I'm the captain. All I need is my goat, my sister, and... So off they went, Tatterhood steering, sailing the ship until she saw looming over the ocean a tremendous castle. She went down below deck. She said, Ella, stay here. I will return with your real head. Ella, (laughs) Tatterhood rode her goat up the hill. Sure enough, she peered through a window and didn't she see hanging from a hook in the hall of that castle, Ella's head. Tatterhood crept through a window. She crept across the hall. She lifted the head off the hook. She crept back across the hall, through the window, onto the back of the goat. 
But the goat sneezed. The witches heard. They were on their brooms, pursuing Tatterhood down the hill. But Tatterhood leapt onto the deck of the ship. And as I'm sure you know from the Wizard of Oz, evil witches hate running water. And so the witches pulled back, but they summoned the winds from their four quarters. And the north wind threw them for the south wind to catch. Tatterhood's ship was tossed hither and yon. The next morning, when the storm had abated, when they had moved out of the range of the spell, Tatterhood saw before her a harbour of some strange city. She steered a course into the harbour. There she docked the ship. She went down below decks, and it was... <sighs> Ella kissed her sister. Now... This kingdom was ruled over wisely and well by a young king with the help of his brother. The king was woken by a servant who said, Your Highness, the, that great tempest has brought some strange ship. Is that so? said the king. He looked out of the window and didn't he see flapping on the mast of the ship a royal pennant. Go to them. Greet them in my name. Invite them to come and dine with me. And so the servant went down the hill. When he came to the ship, all he saw was a young woman, her head hidden by a hood, riding a goat around the deck, brandishing. Where's the crew? I'm the crew. Where's the captain? I'm the captain. It's just me and my sister. Is that so? Said the servant. Well, the king of this land, he invites you to come and, and dine with him. Uh, will you come? If he wants us, he must come here and invite us himself. So down came the king. Tatterhood greeted him politely, led him aboard the deck. She opened up the door down into the cabin below and out came Ella. Guess what? Anything? What? As soon as the king saw Ella and Ella saw king, guess what? And so there was a feast that evening. A very strange feast it was. There was the king, there was Ella, there was Tatterhood, and there was the king's brother, the prince. In the weeks that followed, the king did it right. He would take Ella for walks in the, the rose gardens. He would write poems for them. They were dreadful but well meant. Musicians would play music for her. And then he dropped down on one knee. He took Ella's hand and he asked her to make him the happiest man in the world. I wish I could, said Ella, but I can't. If I were to marry you, my sister would be all alone. All alone in the world. Wait, said Ella. What if your brother was to marry my sister? The king said, I can ask him. <laughs> so perhaps you were peering through a window when the conversation took place. There was the king and the prince and the king have you gone out of your mind? <laughs> I'm sorry, said Ella when she heard the news. She said, I am so sorry. 
I won't abandon her after what she's done for me. We leave in one week. During that week, the king, he couldn't sleep. He was desperate. He went down to the jetty. All he saw was Tatterhood riding around the deck, brandishing. So he went to his brother. He said, you will marry that girl or I will cut off your head. The prince said, cut off my head. So the king sent for the spin. Do you have spin doctors here? He sent for his spin doctors and one of them said, marry this woman. And then once you're married, lock her in the dungeon for the rest of her life. And the prince, all right then. The king, when he heard he was so excited, he rushed across to hug his brother. Get off me, said his brother. The king, he didn't even notice. He was already making plans. Yes, we'll have a procession. We'll make our way. The, the, the happy couples will process through the streets of this city. Yes, with everybody cheering up to the cathedral on the hill. Yes. And so the day came. There they were, the king. Ella. Tatterhood. The prince. Tatterhood. Prince. Why don't you talk? What is there to talk about? Why don't you ask me why I ride this goat? Why? Do you ride that goat? Because it is a marvelous, a magnificent goat. Do you know, when the prince took the time to look, it actually was a rather wonderful goat. <laughs> prince, why don't you talk? What is there to talk about? Why don't you ask me why I wear this tatty hood? Why do you wear the tatty hood? Tatty? It isn't tatty. My hood is made of the finest silk. When the prince took the time to look, it was a rather beautiful silky hood. Prince, why don't you talk? What is there to talk about? Why don't you ask me why I'm so ugly? Why are you so ugly? Ugly? But I'm not ugly. I am very, very attractive. When the prince took the time to look, he realized he'd never seen a woman like her in all his Nordic blonde life. Never had he seen a woman quite so extraordinary. Her dark skin, her wild hair, her dark, dark eyes. And that gap between her front teeth, it did something to him. <laughs> he looked about. The people weren't staring. They were feasting their eyes upon her. Everyone was staring at this extraordinary woman. Who are you? As you see me, so I am. And so that day there was a wedding, a double wedding. And after the wedding, such a feast they had. Fried chicken, pimento cheese, 
sweet potato washed down with sweet tea and tapioca. And after the wedding, the king, Allah, the prince and tatterhood, drank from the bridal cup, both deep and long. I was in here earlier on and heard the healing force perform a lovely bit of nonsense. So I thought I'd finish my little stint here and hand over to Dervy just with a little nonsense. There's a great tradition in, in, in Europe of ending a story with something like, I found the path, you found the puddle. I was drowned and you were found. If it means something today, it probably won't tomorrow. And if it weren't for the stories, we'd have nothing to lose with an old back tooth. <laughs> so here we are. Here's my nonsense. Yesterday morning at six o'clock in the afternoon, I was flying through the sky in a boat when I saw two men on horseback riding a budgie. I said, excuse me, have you seen my friend, the girl with the long white beard? And they said, no, we haven't seen her, but there's a man down there, go and ask him. So I went down to the man's house. You couldn't miss his house. It was all by itself in a row. I knocked on the door. A big man opened the door. He was so big, he jumped out of a thimble. He shook me by the hand. He said, would you like some breakfast? I said, no, thank you. So he gave me some. He gave me a plate piled high with lumps of steaming crunchy beer and a drink of mashed potato. So I chopped up the beer into lumps of beer. I was chewing a lump of beer when I washed it down with a drink of mash when some crumbs from the beer fell under the table. And do you know what was sitting under the table eating the crumbs of the beer? Sitting under the table on the ceiling. A giraffe. I said, I'm going to strangle that giraffe. And the man said, no, don't hurt the giraffe. That's a very useful giraffe. Only this morning, that giraffe was out in the garden and it caught a rabbit and ate it. If you don't believe me, ask the rabbit. So I went outside into the garden. In the garden, there was a lovely apple tree covered in bananas. There was a man who was blind, a man who couldn't talk, a man with no legs and a man with no clothes on. The blind man saw the rabbit. The man who couldn't talk went, oh, look, there's a rabbit. The one with no legs, have a guess what he did. Chased the rabbit around the garden, caught up with it and kicked it. Then he gave it to the man with no clothes on who put the rabbit in his pocket. Then I looked and I saw some deer. I was very hungry. My mouth was rumbling. My belly was watering. So I loosed an arrow from my bow at the deer and the arrow missed the deer and hit a fish who was going past on a motorbike. And do you know, with that fish, I made the best apple pie you've ever tasted. Thanks for tuning in for episode number six of Listen. What did you think? Let me know at feedback at ninthstory.com. Today's episode featured a story by Daniel Morden, Tatterhood. If you'd like more information on Daniel and his work, please visit thedevilsviolin.co.uk. You can also find him over on Facebook and you can purchase his books over at Amazon. Please share your love of story share the show and help us grow the best support you can give us is to tell a friend who might enjoy the stories about us or to take a moment to rate and review the show on itunes to help others find us follow us on twitter at listen to story find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash story listeners you can also find us on itunes stitcher TuneIn radio and google play Listen is dedicated to bringing you traditional stories told by some of the best tellers in the world of storytelling. Here, you'll rediscover your love of storytelling every time you visit. 
All works read in this audio recording and associated music and artwork are copyrighted of their respective creators and may not be used in any form without their permission. Stories in this episode of Listen were performed by Daniel Morden. The Listen theme is a selection from Better Start Walking, which was written and performed by Robin Brown. For more information on Robin's work, visit robinbrown.info. Closing music is also from Better Start Walking. Listen is a Ninth Story Studios production. NinthStory.com. Creator and producer, Daniel Foytek. That's me. Full show notes with links and info can be found at storylisteners.com forward slash six.